You're listening to episode number 18 of the Boys Built Better podcast. Today, we're talking about supporting your son's sexuality. Welcome to the Boys Built Better podcast. I'm Jessica, a mom of three boys who is just trying to do things better. I'm coming to you from Fort Collins, Colorado, where I live with my husband, our boys, and a whole lot of four-legged friends. I'm here to share my thoughts on raising boys in today's world, find answers to your parenting questions, and chat with experts about building happy, healthy boys. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Today, we are talking to a very old friend of mine and her son, and we are hearing about his decision to come out and what that was like for him and also what that was like for her. Um, And within all of that, they've got some just a great story and also some information about what that feels like and um, how to support your child through that process. So let's cut on over to the interview. Hey, Leslie, how are you? Hey, how are you? I am good. <laughs> it is great to talk to you after a very, very long time. Um, I, crazy. I do still feel like I know you. Thank goodness social media exists because you can just continue to be friends with people that you haven't spoken to in forever. I know social media, it certainly has its downfalls, but it's kind of nice the way we can stay connected to people in some very positive ways. And not only, Leslie, are you on the line, but your son is well. Hi, Eli. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We probably talked a very long time ago as well, but you were significantly younger. Yeah. Been a minute. minute. (laughs) Um, So just just so that kind of people have an idea who they're talking to, Leslie, why don't we start with you? For people who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh gosh, yeah, I'll try to be brief. Um, okay, so um I'm <laughs> I'm a single mom of three, three boys. Eli's the oldest of three. They're fifteen, thirteen, and eight. Um, they're all really awesome in their own way. Um, I'm a native Atlantan, born and raised. I was a special ed teacher for a long time and now I work in the nonprofit world. Um, I work with people um, with drug and alcohol addiction, trying to help get them into uh, treatment. So always have been kind of in the helper role. Um, and um, I've always been a really strong ally of um, the queer community always. So, um, you know, that's just kind of who I am. I have lots of friends that are in sort of lots of different marginalized communities, um, kind of in, you know, friends of the queer community, friends of the recovery community, Um that's just kind of who I am. That's just where I I like the underdog. And Eli, what about you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Well, I don't think I'm that interesting (laughs) as my mother, but I will still go on. Um, I'm, I'm 15 years old. I am openly gay and I'm a freshman in high school. So, you know, that's just, that's that. And I'm also a drag queen and I am also, I was also, I've always lived in Atlanta all my life in front of Atlanta. And I am a, an elite power tumbler and trampoline gymnast. So that sums up like all of my life, I guess. Oh, and I have brothers and a father. Yeah, I have a father. Yeah. <laughs> it happens that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, Eli, we why, why don't we go ahead and kind of start with you since you just introduced yourself. You said in your introduction that you're openly gay, and that's one of the reasons that we're talking today is just because I think that there's a lot of people out there who would find your story interesting or maybe in the same position and kind of not know how to handle it. So to be able to share that can be really important. So um, you're 15 now. How old were you when you came out? Um, I came out to my parents for the first time in fourth grade. So I'm trying to think. I guess that was five years ago. So I was you I did? Was 10, I think. Yeah. Wait, you, did? you did? Yeah. You don't remember? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you did. What did you say in the fourth grade? I don't remember. I came out to my dad. I was like, Dad, I like boys. He was like, Yeah, I know. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then he was like, Well, you should tell your mother. And I told, I told my mom, and she was like, I know. I think I just have the timeline different in my head. I think I thought it was later than that. Yeah. But if you say it was in the fourth grade, I believe you. Okay. No, but it was definitely in the fourth grade because I remember I was like really upset and I was all like I need to tell them they have no idea and they were both like yeah we know and I was like oh sorry all right cool but that was the first time I came out to them but I mean I was really just unsure I was kind of just brainstorming I was like hmm what about this and then I told them and they were like okay like you know just take some time to think about it before you know go and tell the entire world but that's still cool we support you but you know just take a minute to figure yourself out and I just I remember I was I was really scared to come out, even though I knew everyone kind of or most. I mean, everyone in my inner circle knew like I was out of and I was open to all my friends and all my family for the most part. And then, I mean, I just I finally was like, you know what? There's no point in me not being out about this and being proud of it, because I think it was something that everyone wanted me to be so shameful towards wanted me to feel so bad about and I was like you know what I don't feel bad about it I'm proud of it and I don't care if you know so in seventh grade I came out publicly so I was I had just turned 13 when I came out and I think that I mean, there's a piece of that to me that is so interesting. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about you saying that you kind of knew that in fourth grade. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that don't understand that, that understand that, that this is, I'm imagining something that you kind of started to figure out as you're in elementary school and you can understand for lack of a better word that, that you're feeling something different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I think when you're in fourth grade, you don't have all of those really feelings in terms of like sexuality. I mean, if there were, you know, like you have elementary school crushes of, oh, there's this girl I like. And I did like, like I had those crushes on girls, but it wasn't, you know, it was obviously for different reasons. Then it was like, oh, this girl's cute and she has nice clothes. I like her, like, you know, up until like fourth grade. And then I just, I remember I, I didn't know, it wasn't that my parents ever shielded me from, like what gay people were or whatever, but I just don't think that I ever, I didn't learn what a gay person was until third grade. And it was just like, I don't remember if my parents told me if I, or, or if I heard something on the radio, but I was like, did they just say that two boys are in a relationship? My parents were like, yeah, you didn't know that what that is. It's called being gay. And I was like, oh, okay. And then in fourth grade, I think I started like when I was like 10, even then I just started to kind of figure out, I was like, you know, I feel like really different. And I kind of feel like, you know, what, it was more of a, it was less of a, of a, 
I could be than a what if. Like, I was just, like, questioning it. Like, I was like, well, what if I was this and I just don't know it yet? Like, I was kind of thinking that in my head. And I just remember I was like, mom, like, I just, I, I felt really like my parents had always made it such a thing that was like something you should be proud of that was not weird or wasn't any way different other than it's just who you are. So I was like, okay, well, this is how I'm feeling. I might as well tell them. So that's what I did in fourth grade. I was just like, hey, so by the way, I've been thinking about this. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you're probably really lucky, and that's not everybody's story, right? That you knew from the get-go that your parents were going to be, that wasn't going to be a big deal in your family. I mean, absolutely. I, I, you know, at the time, I didn't understand how lucky I was, and really, really how lucky I am and how lucky I was in that moment. And I think it took me some time to realize that, like, almost everybody else that had that experience that I did would not have had the same one because their parents would not have been supportive about it and would not have accepted them. So I definitely feel very fortunate that that's how my parents chose to to handle that situation because that definitely helped shape who I am and now who I'm becoming, for sure. And. I mean, you had a really great, safe place to be at home, but I would love to know more about what that was like kind of at school or how it is now or or continues to be, um, because, you know, a bunch of kids are definitely not a safe place. <laughs> uh, kids can yeah. be mean just about anything. So I would love to know, you said your inner circle just kind of knew, but I would love to know more about what all of that was like for you in a school setting. Yeah, I mean, I think, and particularly in my school, I think I kind of stood out like a sore thumb. Like I, everyone, everyone kind of fit, especially where we live in this kind of cookie cutter community where, you know, it's a lot of the same. And I was really, I was just different. I was very artistic. I was very, always comfortable in my own skin and was comfortable in what I was doing and what I liked and whatever. And that definitely stood out to people. It was different and it was something that they weren't used to. And I think that once everyone learned what a gay person was, I was the first thing that they thought of. And I was the first target, obviously, um, for people, you know, to try to tear down. Um, and, and that was, that was definitely hard because like my inner circle knew and I was open about it, but everyone else would kind of, you know, they'd be like, Oh, you're the, you're gay, you're this, you're that. And I'd be like, no, I'm, I would never deny it. I just try to, try to not talk about it i'd be like oh it's not important it's whatever because it's you know like you said like a bunch of kids is not a safe place like it should be but it's not it's very very dangerous actually i'd say and so now that you are out and you're in the same you are at the same school like what is that has anybody been more accepting is that continuing to be a challenge for right now, I mean, now I'm I'm a freshman in high school, and I think the difference between middle school and high school has been like completely different, so different. Because I think that not just in high school is it a more accepting environment, but I think people at at this age, they at least at my school, they kind of just stop caring. They're like, okay, do whatever you want, you know, like, and and that's just kind of the difference. Because in middle school, I mean, like in middle school, I always was bullied every day in one form or another up in, until like seventh grade at least 
Um, and in high school, it's definitely been a different experience. Like I haven't really had as much of it, but it's, it's kind of still there. There's kind of still a stigma about it. And it's something that is still kind of overall frowned upon, but not it's not as much direct bullying anymore. And what advice would you have for somebody in your same position who might be struggling with kind of how to move forward? Um, I think it's hard to, I mean, I know I was there. I know how hard it can feel when you're in middle school and it feels like middle school is going to go on forever and like nothing's ever going to change. And I think just the advice that I give to someone who is in the situation that I was in was just like, like make sure that you're always being honest with yourself as honest as you can be and know that the way that you feel is valid and the way you feel is, is it, it, it's true to who you are. The way that you feel is your own. No one can tell you how to feel. No one can force you to feel a certain way. They can try, but you're always going to know in your heart how you feel individually. And I think you, if you, as much as you can, because I know it's hard, just try to listen to that inner, you know, inner sense, like in your initial reactions and stuff like that. Like, like, just try to remember that there are people who love you, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, and you are loved. And even though it sucks in the moment, you know, the moment is all. There's always another moment. The moment's always going to end. Everything's temporary. And um, just try to remember, just try to stay true to yourself and, and, and just get through another day because the next one will be better if you can do that. I think that was, you made me tear up a little bit on the side of <laughs> on the butt. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, I appreciate you telling us all of that because I think, um, I think being able to tell your story like that is pretty brave, but also, um, could be pretty miraculous for someone else. So thank you for telling us all of that. Thank you. I do think it's, it's important. It's important for me to say that I have absolutely no idea how this kid ended up so grounded and emotionally healthy. I have no idea. (laughs) Seriously. Like I really think the universe just like made him this, this is just who he is. It's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, if, if I can jump in for a second, of course, I know that, I know that like for me, when, when I, I mean, my life, like in between seventh and eighth grade, like in sixth and seventh grade, just being kind of tormented and harassed all the time. And like, there were times when like, when I didn't even, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to fit in. I just wanted to kind of be able to coexist with everyone in a way kind of just have some friends I and mean, like there were days when like I would try to talk to people walking home and I get shoved in oncoming traffic for just trying to have a conversation like just be just just such obnoxious and unnecessary bullying and stuff that it was all happening in seventh grade meanwhile I was also that year studying for a, a bar mitzvah I was still training a lot in the gym and my parents got divorced and at the end of that year of all that going on I came out and in a way like it should have been that that was too much but in a way I think that when I came out it was kind of like liberating in a sense where all of the the stuff that was going on in my life that was really hard to deal with and was really hard to take in 
like for a lot of people that would have been too much to handle but for me I, that kind of almost like made it so much better and then I just remember the next year like I walked into school because I came out like near the end of the year and I walked in on the first day the next year and I was like you know what I do not care anymore no one can mess with me this is not going to happen so I think I kind of like through all of that really used every bad and difficult because there were so many times that it was so difficult to just remember that tomorrow was going to be a better day to use all those opportunities as a learning experience and know that like just remember this is how I feel right now and this is what I can learn from this experience and become a stronger person so that you know when all this is over I can walk out of it really just changed for the better by all this really awful stuff going on. Well, I mean, it's obviously really, it's really remarkable because it, it really is. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot for any person to deal with. And, and I know that there's other stories that don't end in the same way. I mean, is there anything that you could say in terms of like anything specifically that you kind of, that helped you cope through all of that until kind of things got better? Is there anything you remembered? Absolutely. Um, like I said, I'm a really competitive gymnast. And I, I mean, at that time in my life, I wasn't really, you know, I, I was very, I was still learning a lot in gymnastics. And I decided, I mean, that was the year that I decided, I was like, you know what, I want to be good at this. I don't just want to be here, but I want to be doing well. And I want to be a higher level. And really, I think that the, the one thing that helped me cope with everything was TNT, which is trampoline and tumbling, which is really, that was my, like going to the, going to the gym was my therapy. I mean, being able to leave behind whatever was going on with my parents, whatever was going on with my bar mitzvah tutoring, whatever was going on at school and being able to have something that had nothing to do with any of that, that I could focus on and that I could set goals for, and then I could work hard and then I could learn a lot of good things from and enjoy was really crucial and me being able to get off, get through that. So like, if, if there is something that you just find something that makes you happy, something that makes you happy, that has nothing to do with any of the bad things going on, something completely different, like a hobby, a sport or whatever, that can be your safe place that you can forget about all the bad stuff and just enjoy yourself at least like once or twice a week. Like that is all it takes to really, really get you through. It's just knowing that you have, you know, you have a, a class, like an acting class to look forward to or a rehearsal to look forward to or a practice to look forward to or something that you can leave everything behind, everything else behind and just enjoy and be able to know that at least that is going to be there for you. I love that. I think that's great advice. Thank you. Leslie, let's move to your side of the story a little bit. I would love to know what all of that felt like. Um, from a parent's perspective, uh, you know, one of the things that Eli said when he came out to his dad first was like, his first reaction was, oh, I know. So is Eli's sexuality something that you had considered prior to him talking about it with you? Yeah. I mean, I've always known Eli was gay. I just knew, I mean, I, you know, and I've heard people people have said like critical things to me about this in the past. And even when he was little, they would be like, why are you putting that on him now? Like, why are you going ahead and labeling him as gay? He's four years old. Right. And I was like, look, I'm not labeling him. If he's not gay, that's fine. I'm like, I'm just telling you, 
I know he's, he's gay. I know he's gay. I don't know. Maybe it's because he's mine. Maybe it's because it's like mother's intuition. Maybe it's because um, I think of myself as being part of the queer community in a lot of ways. Like I, I just was tuned into that. I, I don't know. Um, it wasn't just because he was dressing up in women's clothing when he was little, because little boys do that all the time. And that absolutely does not make them gay. That's totally developmentally appropriate. I don't know. I just, I just knew. So, um, and it wasn't, not only wasn't it something that bothered me, I was like, I was thrilled. I was like, awesome. Like, I, I don't know. I just knew. And it never bothered me. Not one bit. And do you remember, you you were unclear at what age that he came out to you, but do you remember that moment? I, I remember it completely differently, but it's sort of like commonly held um, belief in our family. Everybody knows that I don't remember things very well. So, <laughs> like, yeah. that. so um, sometimes I don't remember things at all, and sometimes I remember them completely differently from the way they actually happened. So, um, and I don't know if that's old age or... I'm in recovery, so I don't know if it's just the fact that I've abused my brain a little bit. I really don't know. Um, the way I remember Eli, because what I distinctly remember is that your dad and I had just separated, which was in uh, like January of 2016, and you were in sixth grade at that time. So, yeah. um, and we had just separated, and I was staying at my mom and dad's house because um, we had, like, worked out a schedule. We didn't couldn't afford separate places. And so, uh, you know, we were in that early stages of a divorce where we were just separated. And so uh, dad was at the house, and I was staying at um, my parents' house. And dad called me and said, Eli just came in my room, and he was really upset and crying and said, I need to tell you something. I think I'm bisexual. And dad was like, okay, that's fine. I said, okay, well, can I talk to him? And he said he doesn't really want to talk. And I was like, okay. And I think maybe I like said I want to talk to him anyway because I have a habit of like making you talk when you don't want to talk, which I've learned not to do anymore. Um, and I think I just said to you, um, whatever you are, you are. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, I said, but I want you to just take some time. And I think that was when we had the conversation about you don't have to have a label. You can be whatever you want to be. If you choose to tell your friends, that's fine. If you don't want to tell your friends, you don't have to. I think I was just really worried about um, what was going to happen at school and how kids were going to treat you and talk to you. And I wanted to make sure that you were really like sort of firmly rooted in whatever identity you held because you coming out as bisexual, I knew that's not what you were. I just, I thought you were sort of easing into it. Like you weren't quite sure. And your dad kind of came back at it. Like, well, how can he know? He, you know, he's never really had an experience with, you know, a girl or a boy and how would he know? And I was like, well, I don't know. How'd you know you were straight? Like, I don't know. You just knew. Right. So he'll figure it out. And um, I said, I think this is less about, um, at the time I remember saying to your dad, I don't think it's a matter of him knowing or not knowing. I think it's a matter of him just understanding his own emotions and feelings. And he's got to get to a place where he can do that. He's, you know, 11 years old, 12 years old. Like he doesn't have the capacity right now. I don't think to understand how he feels because like you said, at the time, our family was in turmoil and things were very chaotic. And, um, it was a really dark time in our family, you know, it was really bad. 
I was in a very bad place. Your dad was in a very bad place emotionally. And here you, and I remember actually saying to someone, I was like, could he have picked a worse time to come out? <laughs> like, why now? <laughs> like, why yeah. right now? You know? And I think um, in that same conversation, I said to somebody, I said, you know, I think he probably had to do it because he just couldn't keep it in anymore. It was like, there's so many bad things happening in my life right now. I just can't hold on to one more negative feeling. I got to get this out of yeah. me, you know? And, and I think well, after you got it out, you were like, okay, I feel better now. I mean, honestly, there were so many different, like, there, I had a lot of different coming out to different people at different times. And there was a lot of thinking and whatever. But I remember... It may have been not in fourth grade that I, because I know I came out to you guys, maybe it was like right before middle school because you guys were like, I just want you to like, because I remember talking about it and being like, well, in middle school, you know, people are just, they don't know who they are. They are super insecure and they will pick on you, not because you're, not because there's anything wrong with you, but because there's something wrong with them. And you need to know that who you are is okay and that whatever you like is fine, but just be careful because, you know, you don't want to get, you know, hurt by people who are hurt themselves. The reason I had done that was because I knew what was going to happen to you in middle school. <laughs> yeah. And I was no, kind of trying to, and I was like trying to prepare you. It was like, I knew you weren't like there yet. And that was fine. But I knew it was like middle school. I tell, I have told all of my kids, I will tell any kid, any, if you can find an adult who says that they like middle school, I will show you a psychopath, okay? Nobody likes middle school. Middle school is hard for every single child. It's terrible. Middle school is like the worst. Without anything else, without adding anything else to your life or your plate, middle school is just hard. Kid in the world hates middle school, right? Right. So I just knew it was going to be difficult anyway. And I think I, I just always said, you know, we always would say in our family, like, we just love you no matter what. So I just made sure that we talked about that so that he heard it. Like, even though he hadn't come out because I was so sure that he was gay, because even if he wasn't gay, who doesn't need to hear the message that you're loved and accepted no matter what. So it, yeah. it, it didn't, it was, it, it was, it was important. And the other kids in the family too, like we love you no matter what, like that that's just important. And so, like I said, I, I don't remember that's, the coming out that I remember. And then the second part that I remember was, um, I'd have to go back and look because I posted about it on Facebook. And this was another thing I kind of love that you can go back and sort of reach. I remember this post too. I remember reading. Yeah. Oh, was that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was that you were finally like, I'm over it. Well, the funny thing is, actually, and I remember at the time, I think I, I just, I was fed up with everything, and I almost, like, accidentally came out, because I was so mad about everything that I wrote this huge, and I still have it, like, in my archives, this huge, like, maxed out the characters rant no, I don't on Instagram, exposing, yeah, I don't want to say exposing everything that was happening, but basically just saying, like, this is the tea, this is what's going on, and I am over it. And a lot of that had to do with me. Wait, hold on. Did you just say, did you just, wait, did you just say this is the tea? Yeah, that's what it was. was, (laughs) That is what it was. It was the truth. It was the tea. That's what was going on. And I just, I remember writing about this. And and I posted it. And then I saw your post about me coming out as gay. And I was like, coming out as gay? Who said I was coming out as gay? Okay, well, I was like, 
I was like, you were well, like, guess, mom, you outed you know, me. I was like, what yeah. are you talking about? You outed yourself. Yeah. No, like, I almost, I, I guess I could say that I accidentally came out, but when I realized that I had, I was fine with it. I was like, you know what? Maybe this is for the best, honestly. Like, I can't go back now. My mom just posted about it on Facebook. So. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, now the entire so, world knows. <laughs> which well, was fine. I was like, that, whatever. Like, that what had been going on was like, kids were so awful to him and and what had happened was in sixth grade he had been telling me about it and like I'm a pretty all things considered I'm a pretty hands-off parent like I'm not a helicopter parent at all and the kids make fun and they like so like tell me that I'm um overprotective which is so ridiculous because they just don't know any different I'm the least overprotective mom but I really try to let them solve their own problems as much as they can. And also because I'm a former teacher and in, I know you get this because you and I used to teach together as a former teacher, like, you know, I don't want to be the person that's always calling the school. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that mom. Right. So, um, but when he came to me and sh- something happened where there was something with a yearbook and somebody wrote something really nasty in a yearbook. And I was like, that's it. I've had enough. Like, why did I pick the last day of school to get up in arms? I don't know, but I did. And so... Well, because it was on the last day of school, so you got mad. Well, no, no, I'm, but I'm just saying, like, all like all year long, I, I said nothing. Now I'm going to get worked up. So anyway, yeah. I called the school, and um, on the second to last day of school, and, you know, they didn't handle it very well, and they did what... Yeah, no, they definitely did not handle it very well. I mean, I was told when I was called into the principal's office the first thing that the assistant principal said was now listen although this, this is going to be kind of a difficult case because i'm going to have i'm going to have to look past your sexuality to this yeah it was really bad yeah we know. and i mean basically i mean basically what she had just told me was i don't like that you're gay i don't support that but also i have to do my job legally and discipline you but i guess i'm going to have to put that you know let me just bring it up so I can pretend that I'm putting it in the back of my head. Or well, it was that. And then like the counselor, everything, you know what? The details don't even matter. The bottom line is the school handled it very poorly. And what they ended up doing was kind of putting Eli in front of this kid that had, that had bullied him and sort of re-victimizing Eli, right? Mm-hmm. Letting this other kid know that Eli had complained and that I had called, which then again, further re-victimized and made Eli very vulnerable. This kid could then, as soon as school is out, continue to harass Eli, right? About, oh, great, well, your mom, yeah. you know? So, I, so ultimately, I will say this. To, to be fair, I will say this. I, you know, I try to do my best, but I was mad, and I did clap back. And it wasn't... No, I know. I know. You know, it was... It, so then what had happened, though, with the school was, you know, he had said, like, all these disgusting, horrible, like, in-detail disgusting nasty things written down and i like shouted something back at him and they were like well because you retaliated and you were so awful to him we're just gonna have to let everything go yeah and i, mean, I was listen, like that's oh, a whole, how, how convenient that's a whole other podcast on how schools handle oh it. yeah that's i'm sure topic of conversation but yeah. my point my point in all that was that after that that was the last day of sixth grade eli didn't tell me anything after that for a year I had no idea what was going on in school. He didn't tell me because he didn't want me to get involved. Mm-hmm. And I learned the hard way. And um, and I would say, how's it going? How's school? You know, how are the kids at school? And he was like, oh, they're fine. 
I feel like that's a whole nother podcast too. Like, like that, you you know, like that, especially at that age that you want to be there and you want to help, but there's a lot of independence that needs to happen as well. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I tried to be hands off and then I picked the wrong thing and the wrong way to go about it. But because I had like sat on my hands for so long and then I was like, oh, hell no. And got like all mama bear. I just, yeah. You can't, you can't do that, right? Like mm-hmm. You've got to be more proactive than that. You can't just wait and wait and wait and then blow up, right? So, um, well, like with anything in any relationship. So, so well, anyway, then he didn't yeah. tell me anything for like a year. And so I really had no idea what was going on until things really sort of hit a crescendo. But, but really, ultimately, it all kind of worked out because it hit that crescendo where he sort of was kind of like, I'm, I'm so fed up. And the way that he chose to dealing with to deal with being fed up was to stop hiding, and just to say, you know what, the best way for me to stop feeling victimized is to stop being a victim, and is to stop absolutely hiding. No, and I, and stop, and, that, and it's to stop hiding who I really am, and is to just stand up and own it, and be proud of it, and and, and here's what's amazing is that like. In doing that, and he's already said this, but I'm just kind of reflecting on it from a different perspective. In doing that, the bullies went away. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't didn't still get crap from people in the eighth grade because he did, but they didn't have any power anymore. Mm-hmm. They had any power. No, absolutely. He would come absolutely. home and, and, and be fed up with it, but it wasn't the same. It was like, ugh. I'm annoyed with these people because they're just like flies buzzing in my ear. Not, I feel beaten down. I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm just irritated. There's a difference. Yeah. Cause I think that was what was happening in seventh grade and in sixth grade was I, I mean, really, I was so depressed in, in seventh grade was when it really got the worst. And I really felt that like, you know, if anyone's been through any type of like, deep depression and you feel that sense of I am completely worthless and have no value and nothing's ever going to get better. I mean, I felt like that on a weekly basis because there was, you know, how middle school is, you know, that there's all these fake friends and it looks like everyone else has a ton of real friends. And, you know, people would pretend to be my friend at school because why, you know, everyone wants to have that one gay friend, but they never actually were a real friend that I needed that I that I needed. I can never call anyone. No one would ever pick up. I could never go do anything. No one would ever invite me. It was it was very depressing. And I and I think it just when I came out, I was finally like, it you know, like this is if y'all wanna if y'all want a gay friend, have a real gay friend. And if you want to be that type of GBO, just know that I'm not gonna be that for you because I'm tired of being looked at as a commodity. I'm tired of being looked at as a victim in a commodity because it's either that I was the kid that you were going to bully or the kid that you wanted to look like you were friends with. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do this again. Not, no, no more. And once that happened, it was just like, yeah, it sucks. But I mean, people would do all this stuff to me and I'd be like, they'd be like, you're gay. And I'd be like, wow, how observant of you. Like, okay. Like, right. And and that is actually interesting too, and we'll come. Let's circle back to that in a minute um, about what you just said about the friends and the kind of targeting you to want your to be their GBF. Um, so anyway, so yeah, that's my side of him coming out and whatnot. But it, it's been interesting to see his evolution. Um, but I think, like I said earlier, kind of joking, but also very serious. I mean, 
you know, I think Eli is really blessed that he just came into this world with a certain degree of self-confidence and sort of level-headedness. Um, people say to me all the time, like, I have these three really amazing kids that do great things. My younger two kids are also wonderful kids. They play ice hockey and, um, you know, they're, they're great athletes as well. Um, you know, people tell me all the time what, you know, I have these great kids, right? And they talk about Eli, especially, oh my God, he's incredible. Like what a, what a great mom you are. And I'm like, I don't really know how to explain to you guys. Like I didn't do this. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't about me. This is just him. This is just how God or, you know, the universe or whatever flying spaghetti monster that you believe in produced him. Um, And I think it's, what's really sad is that yes, having a supportive family certainly I think helps. Um, But I think there's plenty of kids that have supportive families that, you know, when you go to school, your supportive family is not there. You know, mm-hmm. like you've got to get from eight o'clock in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon without your supportive family. Um, and with social media, you've got to do that without your supportive family. Um, the bullying and the exclusion and all that stuff. I mean, I remember for a long time, Eli getting on, um, you know, Snapchat, which, and I let Eli have Snapchat and in, Snapchat and Instagram, um, with pretty much completely unfettered access to whatever because, um, Eli has never given us a reason not to trust him. Like Eli is extremely responsible, makes very good decisions, has good boundaries, like all of that. Like if I wanted to look at his phone, he would let me without question. I've just never felt the need to have to do that. I look at his Snapchat sometimes and whatnot, but um, he can handle it. My 13 year old probably will never, ever have Snapchat. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) He can't handle it. You know what I mean? Like different kids can handle it. So before anybody hears the, the, the millions of listeners that I hope you have um, that want to clap back on what my kid does or doesn't do on social media. Um, and so but he would be on Snapchat and um, he would just be in tears, you know, about seeing what other people were out doing that he hadn't been invited to do, that he was excluded, you know, that kind of thing. Like you can have the most supportive family in the world. That still feels terrible, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what hurt about all that wasn't just that it was happening, but with the fake friends, like it was that those people really did. It, it felt to me like they would be my friends. And I'd have like, I was in all these friend groups that would go out with everyone with like dozens of people to do. And I'm like, and I was like, why am I like out of the 50 people that are there? I was no, not a single person invited me, not a single person mentioned it. And in fact, they pretty much hid it from me. So I wouldn't find out about it. Hmm. And that's what hurt was that I really felt like I had no friends because the friends that were there weren't real. Because if they were real, they'd care enough to at least let me know what was going on. Yeah, it's been kind of a wild ride, but it hasn't been, you know, it's been good, I think. So I have a couple harder questions I kind of want to wrap up with. And this is for anybody that might be skeptical about all of this. So really, they're probably not even listening anymore. But, (laughs) (laughs) right, they probably turned us off ages ago. But I have have a kind of a question for each of you. Um, Okay. So Eli, I'll ask this question first. Um, I would imagine that upon hearing that you came out in fourth grade, you know, that there might be this idea that like, how would you ever know that's too early? Like that, you know, um, that you couldn't possibly know all this about yourself. And that was a mistake. So for anybody that seem feels like, 
you couldn't possibly know this about yourself at that young age, what would you have to say to that? Um, I'd have to say to them that for me, that is very true. I did not know. And that's why I didn't, you know, run into school with, you know, bells on saying I'm gay. I didn't do that. I just, it was an idea that popped into my head that was there a lot that I said, you know, I'm going to tell my parents. And it wasn't, you know, I, I think that saying, you know, he could never know. You know, you're right. I wasn't 100% sure then. I'm not 100% sure now. I don't think I'm ever going to be 100% sure. But in my heart, I just, I felt, I felt a certain connection to it in a way that really resonated with me that when I heard it for the first time, automatically I felt like that's me. And I don't know what it was, but I just, I, I felt so like, like I, I didn't know, I didn't have all the pieces yet. You know, like I didn't have all the puzzle pieces, but I knew what the end picture was going to be. So for me, it was like a brainstorm. Like that was the first step was saying, I think that this is what I am. And really and truly, like it was, that was my first step. And from there, I kind of filled in the other pieces to the puzzle. And then it all at the, in the end made sense. But I mean, like in fourth grade, that's just, that's how I felt. And, and no one could, you know, you can say that that's not possible, but, but that's just how I felt. And no one was telling me to feel that way. No one was telling me that I had to say it out loud. It was just me feeling a certain way. And I said, you know what? I don't see that there's any problem with me letting my parents know about this. And that's just how that happened. Um, And now, Leslie, for you, uh, you guys, you're cool with it. Like, this is something that works for you guys. You're happy for him. You can support him. But there's parents out there that don't feel the same way when they get the same information that you were presented with. So what would you have to say to people who are grappling with their own acceptance of it and in dealing with their child who Mm. is gay? That's a hard question for me to answer because it's so not my perspective, right? Like I've just never felt that way. Um, I am all about um, kind of knowing that you don't know what you don't know, right? Like, like, like acknowledging that you don't have all the answers, right? So I would say that if somebody um, has a gay child, that they're really struggling to accept that, right? Um, it's there's a lot of really amazing resources out there and really wonderful, loving, compassionate um, organizations that would be very happy to help you kind of work through that. Like, I mean, Sojourn, the organization that I was at the fundraiser for last night is a perfect example, right? I mean, they happen to serve the Jewish community specifically, but there are plenty of organizations out there you could reach out to. And if somebody were to call and say, Hey, I have a gay child and I don't really understand that. And I don't really know how to deal with this. I need some help. That's the kind of call they live for. They want those people, right? Um, but that means you have to want to learn more and be open to accepting that versus people that want to change their child. Like instead of changing your child, try to change yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, instead of putting your child in conversion therapy and trying to make them different, why don't you put yourself in conversion therapy? (laughs) Absolutely. Convert your thinking (laughs) instead of trying to convert your child. I mean, you know, it's a really hard thing. I think people that don't accept a child based on their sexual, you know, sexual orientation, that's a whole other, it's just a hard thing for me to wrap my head around. But, but I would say 
that, um, you know, to, to look for organizations that support the, the queer community, that um, PFLAG is perfect. PFLAG is uh, parents and friends of lesbian and gays. It is a very old, very well-established organization. It's free. It's a support group. It's in, like, every major city in the country. It's on Facebook. Um, they have websites. They have online meetings. They have in-person meetings. That's a perfect place to start. I can link to that, too, in the show notes. Yes, yeah, find your local PFLAG chapter and reach out to them. Um, find your local um, – every major city has, has a pride committee. Reach out to your pride committee and say, what organizations do you have that are serving youth and families that I could reach out to? Go to your, I mean, they have those resources readily available. What support groups are available? Like, that's where you're going to find that kind of support. But I think PFLAG is probably a really good place to start. And I would say for kids who might be listening, if you're in high school um, and you have parents that are struggling, um, you, you might not be able to change your parents, but you might be able to change the way that you cope with living in that environment. And if your school has um, a GSA or a Gay Straight Alliance, that just might be a way for you to get involved in something that helps you find a tribe of people that are really open and accepting. And that might also be able, the, the, the teachers who um, advise that committee might be able to help you find some counselors or something like that could at least give you some guidance on how to cope with that. I, that's that's a great thing to mention, I think, as we're wrapping up, too, that that if you are a child and you're living in a in a less than supportive environment, that you can seek out some support for yourself. That's a great way to kind of wrap up. Um, before we finish, though, Eli, I wanted to just kind of give you a chance um, because I know that you guys are doing some fundraising for um, for you as an athlete. Um, so can you just kind of share just a little bit about more about um, kind of what it entails to be an elite athlete, what that looks like, and then I'll make sure to kind of link to your fundraising efforts in the show notes. Yeah, um, I'm right now, I, I do a sport called TNT, which is trampolining and power tumbling, and there's three events, um, and it goes levels one through 10, and then elite, which is the road. Elite is where you would find athletes that are being selected for world world championship teams and international teams and, and Olympic teams. And um, currently I am an elite on two of those events, which are trampoline and double mini. And I'm a level 10 hoping to be elite on the third, which is tum- tumbling. Um, and it, it's, it's just great. It's worth also noting that he's the first elite level athlete in that sport in trampoline and double mini in the state of Georgia ever. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but just in that, that, you know, competing at that, um, at that level, it just, it, it, you know, it requires a lot out of you as an athlete and training. And it also requires a lot out of you, your family, your friends, your coaches and everybody and getting you to those big competitions and getting you the uniforms and getting you the warmups and getting you, to where you need to go to be successful. So it's just a lot that goes into it, not just from you, but from everyone. So I know that like, you know, us fundraising is really not just to help me, but it's to help, you know, everyone that is, is helping to get me there, which is my family and, and my coaches and everyone like that too. 
Great. Thank you. Well, um, we will link to your, I will link to that in the show notes and maybe we can even put up some, um, some videos on boys built better because I've, I've seen some videos of you and it's pretty spectacular. Thank you very much. We're pretty proud of him. And I I do want to say that the organization, we are, there's an organization, a foundation that has this fundraiser set up for him. You can donate through it. It is tax deductible. It's a 503c organization. We actually have done fundraising for this foundation in the past, and they're sort of in kind returning favor. They did some matching funds for us, which we've already surpassed, which is amazing. But Eli's goal ultimately is, you know, fingers crossed, if not this year, someday in the future, but maybe this year to make um, the team that would travel to Tokyo, um, in which case, obviously, it's expensive. And, and we're really trying to help make sure that he can continue to do this, not only because it's a cool sport and he loves doing it, but because it does give him a platform. Um, to kind of take his message to other kids um, about just acceptance and self-confidence and loving himself. And he really does serve as a mentor and a role model to other kids that are going through some stuff that reach out to him through social media. So we just want to be able to see him continue to pursue that and to have that platform. So. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I think it's such great information and, and a wonderful conversation and can really be helpful to other kids and other families. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you. Very honored that you asked. So thank you. That is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You can find the show notes at www.boysbuiltbetter.com. If you enjoyed the show today, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player and leave us a review. Both of those things help other parents find the show. Until next time.